Hi, and welcome to All Things Cozy with Matt and Jillian. We are a bi-weekly podcast about everything that is warm, soft, and comforting. In honor of that feeling after a large Thanksgiving meal where all you can really do is sit and watch TV, we'll be sharing film favorites for a cozy Thanksgiving watch. Before we gratefully gobble up these movies, let's check in with what's cozy in the news. Jillian, what are you gobbling up this week? I'm gobbling up The Golden Bachelor. And so folks made things less of a news story, but it is dominating the news with its ratings. It's exploding. People are loving it. The fan reaction is just so intense. And the New York Times even profiled it. It's just getting a lot of traction. And it's not hard to see why. It features this 72-year-old man named Gary, and he's a widower from Indiana. And he's just the most sweetest guy he lost his wife right after they retired. They have, I believe, three or four daughters. And so he was really heartbroken, obviously, but he wants another shot at love. So it's revamping the bachelors. It's still the same concept. They're in the mansion. There's a group of women vying for his affection and attention. And all of the dates are pretty similar. And the every all the beats are the same, but it's a total refresh. And it's so heartening incredibly sweet, adorable. It's also giving a voice to older folks whose voices typically aren't heard and they're getting to experiencing you know, things that they thought that were in the past and they could never experience again. And they're also having open discussions about grief, but they're all there for each other. And it's not like the original Bachelor, which I've followed for a while, where you know there's a lot of drama and there's competition when they're there for the quote unquote wrong reasons, but these women are cheering each other on, even though they're competing for the same guy. And Jerry is so attentive to their needs. And there's this one segment where all the ladies dressed up in costume and one of the costumes is a wedding dress and the woman put it on or reminded her of her first wedding and she lost her husband. And Gary and her related about that and had a really sweet talk. And so it's very healing as well. I watch it with my partner every week and we're not looking at our phones. We're completely glued on it because it's just such a sweet show. So I could go on and on about The Golden Bachelor, but I'm not alone in it. A lot of cynics who have criticized The Bachelor and rightfully so are having a renaissance with it. And it's just an enjoyable watch. I could probably do my own episode on it. I was thinking about texting you and I'm saying, hey, can we do an episode on it? But I don't think there's the right time for it because it's like halfway through, but it's just so sweet. I don't watch The Bachelor, but I did watch the pilot or the first episode of The Golden Bachelor because I had heard such glowing reviews and it is such a different premise for it where it is focused on people who are older. And so I was looking forward to seeing how it would incorporate all that life experience. And personally, I kind of felt like I was still looking for more of that balance. And I was a little disappointed that it seemed to still have that kind of these women come in and they're all so desperately trying to get his attention and like kind of win the reality show aspect of it. And I was hoping there would be more of that kind of like reservation, like they should be interviewing him. Like, why do they want to be with this man that they don't know? That's something I've never really understood. Like why are they so excited about this? Why aren't they more like more guarded, I guess? Like, we don't have much time left, so let's make sure this mm -hmm. is a good fit. And so I kind of wish that there was a little less of that like production, that sleek kind of bachelor thing. But I think for people who really love that format and that show, they'll be comforted to know that it still has those elements. 
I don't know that it pulled me in as a new viewer because it's kind of that was those parts of the show were always the things that kind of kept me away from it. I think you got to continue on because the night one of The Bachelor is always just a throwaway episode. Because they're, yeah, because they have to, it's the dresses, it's the limo, it's the whole showman's, like, you know, all of that, you know, the bells and whistles. And it's very hollow. The first episode, sometimes I don't even watch because you can get to know the people after the. Yeah, there were all these like gimmicky things like you, you have Jimmy Kimmel's aunt make an appearance and you know, she's just there for comic relief and she falls asleep on the couch and <laughs> you gotta follow through though because it, it definitely takes a slower pace and you get to know the women a lot more and you get to know gary a lot more of course there's always you know those gimmicky stuff and i think you bring up a good point that yeah i mean you think all these women have life experience and the fact that things are shortened so they want to know they're not wasting their last years mm-hmm. on you know a bozo <laughs> but i think the other side of it too is that they have these frank conversations where some of them are saying i'm not looking for love. I'm just looking for someone who I can tolerate and hacks me how my day's going. And that yeah, might companionship. Sound really, right. And it might sound like super bleak. But one woman who left the mansion said, I'm not sad I was rejected because it just lets me know that life isn't over for me. And she thought it was prior. But yeah, the first episode always really stinks. Okay, you've convinced me. I will push forward. Okay. For you, Jillian, I will, I will watch one more episode. Report back. What's making you feel cozy this week? Well, we're going to get a double dose of candle reviews on this episode because what's making me feel cozy this week are Trader Joe's new scented candle releases. I mean, anyone who's gone into a Trader Joe's knows that they have started to really introduce scented candles into their stock. And this autumn, they've decided to really stake a claim on scented candles. So uh, I really have been loving their vanilla pumpkin candle, which has been available. I've gotten two so far this year, just constantly burning in my kitchen. It smells so good. So I was really excited when I was there a couple weeks ago. And this is limited edition. So I hope there's more in your stores wherever you are. If you're in the United States and you're near Trader Joe's, it's this scented candle tin trio of like fall scents. One is autumn leaves. The other is maple sugar. And the third is spiced chai. And it's designed to be a gift set, a little like stocking stuffer for candle lovers. I'm I'm burning the autumn leaves one right now. It is such a wonderful fall scent. I feel like I'm walking through like a home goods store in the fall. You know what I mean? It has that kind of Mm -hmm. potpourri fall vibe. I'm really enjoying it. It's really nice to get my, you know, my budget food. And then I can now pick up my budget candles all in one go at Trader Joe's. Gotta love it. That's what I was going to say. They always know how to sell a deal because they mm-hmm. come in three. And it's the perfect thing if you're going over someone's house to your point of it being a gift. You pick a ball of wine and then also a little added bonus. Here's a trio of candles. And I think it was $8. Really affordable. I'm burning it right now. It smells great. Do they have them placed at the checkout aisle? Every Trader Joe's is a little different, but it was in the bath and personal care section is where I've been finding the candles or sometimes they'll put them in like a display at like an end cap of an aisle or something like that. I think that's where they got it wrong because they'll be flying off the shelves if they... They already are. I I feel like I'm a lucky duck whenever I go and they still have the pumpkin one. I I go to Trader Joe's every week because that's my go-to grocery store. I've only seen the pumpkin candles in stock twice. And every time I buy two. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, yeah. Stock up. Yeah. Now I'm curious, especially the vanilla pumpkin. That sounds like that candle I talk about all the time. The pumpkin Mm -hmm. souffle. Yeah. Check it out. Trader Joe's. Honestly, watch out, Yankee Candle. They're going to eat your lunch. So now that we have checked in with those really important news items for the autumn, 
I think it's time we stuff our hearts with cinema. Gobble, gobble. Jillian and I are always thinking about like, you know, ways that we can make a cozy environment around the holidays. Thanksgiving is coming up and we think Thanksgiving movies can really help set the mood for the holiday season and create a warm and inviting atmosphere. And while there may not be a specific genre of quote unquote Thanksgiving movies as popular as Christmas movies, there are several films that capture the essence of the holiday. So we picked out four. They span four different decades. And some of them will be familiar to you. And we're just looking forward to discussing some obvious Thanksgiving cozy favorites. And we hope at least a couple are new to you that you can check out and watch with your friends and family after that large meal and you just want to settle into a cozy watch. So Jillian, what is the first film on our Thanksgiving menu? We're cooking up a Charlie Brown Thanksgiving. And in this 1973 classic, Charlie Brown is under as much pressure as a turkey in November when Peppermint Patty invites herself, Marcy, and Franklin over to his house for Thanksgiving dinner, despite his family already having plans to eat his grandmother's. As Charlie laments, he only knows how to make cold cereal and maybe toast, so he enlists the help of his friends Linus, Snoopy, and Woodstock to whip up a feast in record time. But as Charlie and his friends soon come to find, what's actually on the menu is the true meaning of friendship and the holidays. Aww. Yeah, this is the 10th in the line of Charlie Brown holiday specials Mm -hmm. that were kicked off with uh, Charlie Brown Christmas. And you really feel like when you're watching this one, like they have their game on lock. Like this has Mm -hmm. every single element you're looking for in a Charlie Brown special. It has morose children. It has beautiful seasonal backdrops like the paintings. My favorite part of watching Charlie Brown is just the art, like that soft. I think it's I want to say watercolor Watercolor? style. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's it pulls me in. I feel like I am in an autumnal cold setting. It just really gives you such an incredible sense of place by doing so little. The amazing Vince Guaraldi music. This one has the song Little Bird, which he sings, or Little Birdie, excuse me. This has some really amazing lines in it. And I actually think this sets the tone for a lot of Thanksgiving movies or movies that are set on Thanksgiving, which is that there's this kind of obligation to these holidays and a lot of stress that they provide. Mm -hmm. And I know that when we were looking at different possibilities. Honestly, the list is kind of limited for Thanksgiving. Which is unfortunate. It is unfortunate. There's so much to do with it. Yeah, there's there's more to do with it, but it feels like oftentimes we live in like the stress of, oh, I got to get to my families and oh, my family is a bunch of crazy people. Oh, they're (laughs) stressing me out. That doesn't sound very cozy. I think, you know, this is quintessentially cozy, even though it does set the scene for that kind of stress with the line. I love this line. We've got another holiday to worry about. It seems Thanksgiving Day is upon us, (laughs) like the dread. (laughs) Right, because Halloween is always so festive, especially, you know, I think in the recent decade and everyone looks so much forward to it. And then Christmas is on everyone's brains and then Thanksgiving feels like that interloper where you really have to hustle and get things done, even though I personally love it because there's no expectations of gifts or dressing up or anything. Yes, but you can stress out over the meal. But this is a great reminder that no matter how the meal turns out, we're thankful that we have each other. And so this special really places you back into what we're grateful for, appreciating that we have a holiday that really centers on gratitude. And that gratitude is about the people in our lives, not the things. So I really, I think this is a great way to start. And it's only 25 minutes long. Easy breezy. I know that last year, Apple TV had a span of time where they 
maybe three days in November where they let people watch it for free. Yeah, no, Apple TV has the Charlie Brown the stuff rights. on lock now. Yeah. So <laughs> you gotta you gotta sign up for Apple TV. Hopefully they will generously let you watch it for a couple of days. Yeah. <laughs> for free. The other piece of it that I thought was really cozy was the humor in it, that scene where Snoopy is cooking up all the toasted yeah. butter bread. And so that's really sweet. I mean, you can't go wrong with Snoopy and Woodstock humor. Yeah, and Snoopy is really holding it down for the kids, I think. The full fight scene with the folding chair. <laughs> Those sorts of things where, you know, the adults might be like, okay, I'm going to go and check on the turkey <laughs> during the scene, <laughs> but the kids are, are going to be howling and rolling on the floor, I bet, with the <laughs> laughing right. at Snoopy's antics. <laughs> it's like you're saying the children. I was howling and rolling. <laughs> I was locked in. But yeah, I, I thought it was a, just an easy, digestible watch, and it's such a traditional. And I, I'm sure our listeners are aware of all the Charlie Brown specials, but we could not talk about Thanksgiving movies and things to watch without mentioning this like it's just to me exactly. it is like the the pinnacle of a cozy watch for the holiday so you have to honor it in a, in a discussion right on the topic of adding stress to the holidays and the stress of traveling to the holidays we're gonna move forward one decade further to 1987's planes trains and automobiles this is the classic comedy starring john candy and steve martin following the misadventures of two travelers trying to get home for Thanksgiving. And in Planes, Trains, and Automobiles, John Hughes is taking a break from teen angst to bring us Steve Martin and John Candy together for a comedic odyssey served with a heaping side of holiday heart. We first meet Steve's character, well-off executive Neil, rushing from a work meeting in New York City to make his plane bound for Chicago, where his wife and kids eagerly await his return for Thanksgiving dinner. The only hitch is he can't catch a cab. And in an even more bitter twist, the ride he finally manages to procure gets snatched by John Candy's character, Dell, an overly optimistic shower curtain ring salesman. As fate would have it, the two cross paths again while waiting for the same plane, but the snafus keep coming for Neil, who is bumped from first class to coach and must endure his entrapment with a giddy John in the not-so-friendly skies. Things continue to get worse and worse as they try to get home. Their plane is rerouted to Wichita. They have to like figure out where to stay for the night. Everybody's stuck. You really do go through planes, trains, automobiles. <laughs> I mean, we're talking buses. We're any kind of ground transportation to get home for the holidays. And that is like the relatable goal, right? Trying to make it home in time for the holidays and all the misadventures that can come between. Jillian, what did you think about planes, trains, and automobiles? Was it the first time you watched the movie? Yes, it was the first time I've ever seen it. And I loved it because, you know, I, all, I always love some Steve Martin comedy. Yes. And it, he was <laughs> pulling all the father of the bride frustrations. He's perfect in the role of being that frustrated, overwhelmed, right. stressed out guy. I'll be honest, I wasn't too familiar with John Candy's work prior to this. And I thought that he was so wonderful in it. He, he's, he's very endearing. Of course, he's playing someone who would irritate you and he's bringing down Neil at every twist and turn. But he was just so sweet and him carrying around the picture of his wife because we're, it's all alluded through throughout the movie that things aren't great for him. And potentially mm -hmm. that is involves his wife who, you know, wants to spoil anything, but there's, you know, things going on with that. But no matter what, he's always trying to see the, the bright side of things. And that was really sweet. And so their chemistry, I thought, was super cozy. I loved all the hijinks. I was just thinking about all the creativity it took. Every bus, you know, that was foiled, every plane, every car. I would love to be sitting there and have their coming up with all the ways to get them stranded. That must have been really fun to do. 
this it looks like they had a great time filming it. They go through all the Midwest. I mean, John Hughes is famous for movies set in Chicago. And as a Midwestern guy, it's great to see my homeland on the screen always. There's, mm-hmm. a, there's also an extended scene in the St. Louis airport. And so that's cozy for me as well. It really captures the Midwest in winter. I, and and actually has like real snow vibes like and you know this Jillian from being on the East Coast like real ugly sleet. Yes, <laughs> there's, there's real dirty sleet in this movie. You actually feel like you're trying to get home for Thanksgiving. I would be so mortified if anybody were filming me watch it because I am just laughing and cackling like a fiend. And I feel like yeah. it's almost like an advertisement. It's, it's embarrassing. Like someone would watch me and they'd be like, how is he guffawing so loudly at this movie? But I just found it so, so funny. And the performances are so earnest. Like speaking of the cozy element of it, John Candy is the cozy heart. He's the the cozy stuffing to this Thanksgiving turkey for sure. Right. His story is is the one that really pulls on your heartstrings the most. But even beyond that, like his efforts to really stay optimistic. There is one scene relatively early on where Steve Martin just lets him have it. He digs into John Candy's character, tells him all the way he's annoying. And your heart just breaks. And, And I was both like, heartbroken for the character but also in awe of his ability to stick up for himself and to not be deterred by that kind of heat coming at him he doesn't necessarily respect other people's boundaries or is really aware of himself and those aren't always great things but really does have such a great heart and really one of the most cozy endings to a thanksgiving movie on this list i cried yeah it was just so sweet and you know you're going to stress along the way if you're if you are taking a look at this film you're going to say, wow, there's a lot of cursing and <laughs> they're really stressed out. And why are Matt and Julian recommending this movie to me and my beautiful family on Thanksgiving Day to watch this? But it's capturing the stress. I think that's like a real thing that we can all laugh at and enjoy. But also it gets to this like really cozy, soft, warm center. And I really love this movie. Yeah, maybe I'm a maniac, but it didn't stress me out. It I kind of took the sting out of the stress because it was so funny and it was so outlandish. The next movie we'll talk about did stress me out. And also it is funny too. I was thinking about, oh, how lucky I am because it puts things into perspective of the fact that the little credit, old fashioned credit card machines or the old forms of transportation is <laughs> the same for a transport. <laughs> Back in the day, <laughs> there's a horse and carriage. A bus. <laughs> it just seemed, it just seemed more painful. Travel seemed much more painful back then. It's the same no. stuff we have now. <laughs> no, no, it just seemed more like more uncomfy. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. To a certain extent, it seemed more comfortable. I mean, I think especially like on the planes. I mean, we don't we're not on the plane very long because it doesn't really get us very far in this movie. But they definitely look like they were able to really enjoy themselves more back then than the way that we're you know nickeled and dimed. Right. <laughs> I see. I could. I could see a whole update to this movie that like really centers on getting priced out of even traveling home by like spirit airlines or something like charging them for breathing room or something i would love it they play this in the the movie theaters you know a renaissance during november that'd be so fun to see in the theaters i think and there are really some harrowing exciting scenes like when they're finally driving back they're driving overnight it's been they're exhausted and the stuff that happens during <laughs> those highway scenes it's it's really over the top but it hilarious and frightening all at the same time yeah, that that would be really happy I, I love that pick and thank you for recommending it you know again this is i think a a classic i know a lot of listeners will know this movie but you can't talk about thanksgiving movies and miss planes trains and automobiles should we get to the next thing on our menu? yeah so this is the one that really stressed jillian and out <laughs> this movie so this is a, a 90s movie so it has some more edge to it you know it's pushing some boundaries 
We're talking about Home for the Holidays, which was released in 1995, directed by Jodie Foster. And Jillian, tell us about this movie that had you <laughs> gritting your teeth. You were you were stressed out. This film is a snapshot of a dysfunctional yet well-intentioned family sacrificing itself once yet again at the altar of tradition. Holly Hunter kicks off the wild ride as Claudia, a world-weary yet spirited artist who gets abruptly fired from her job as an art restorer at Chicago Museum. The cherry on top is she must return to her hometown of Baltimore for Thanksgiving, which she is dreading for multiple reasons, the biggest being her beloved little brother Tommy is supposedly skipping out that year. Adding insult to injury, Claire Danes, who plays Claudio's teen daughter, Kit, will also be MIA as she would rather spend the holiday with her boyfriend. Cut to Claudia trapped with her colorful, endearingly strange, and stressful parents who make her seesaw between affection and absolute irritation. The only bright light is a surprise visit from Tommy, who brings along his friend Leo, who Claudia mistakenly believes has replaced her brother's beloved boyfriend, Jack. It's pure chaos from there, with an unforgettable appearances from Aunt Gladys and sibling Joan completing the off-kilter tablescape. So if that was a mouthful, it is because the movie is a, a lot's going on. Like it's I a said, lot to chew on. A lot to chew on, well said. This is a favorite in my family, and actually it really came to me from my husband, who loves this movie and introduced me to it. And so we started watching it every year. And it is definitely, I think, of the movies on this list, this is the most stressful of the cozy picks here. Again, it does have that cozy center. The relationships are very deep. And when the moments are sweet, they are very sweet. The moments between father and daughter, between uh, brother and sister, those family dynamics are where you're going to feel a lot of cozy vibes. Also that and the sense of time and place this really beautifully shot. I think like there, it really captures similar to plane trains and automobiles, like the chilliness of November. Mm-hmm. And yes, it is stressful for this family. There's a lot of dynamics going on here, but there's also just a lot of incredible performances happening. I really, really love Holly Hunter in this movie. It's a great performance. And Bancroft as her mother is also very entertaining. And then a really hilarious supporting performance by Geraldine Chaplin, who is Charlie Chaplin's daughter, who plays Aunt Gladdie. And so I, I get why you're stressed out. It is stressful in parts. I find, to be honest, you would think I would enjoy it a lot as like, oh, there's a gay character and he's played by Robert Downey Jr. To me, that's my least favorite part of this movie, to be quite honest, because I found his performance to be so frenetic. I He actually was distracting from everybody else. I didn't really understand why anybody put up with him or what his whole deal was because he was just bouncing off the walls. Yeah. You know, I, th- I think he was supposed to be the savior for Holly Hunter's character as an artist. And I think the two of them are kind of, it's actually a funny dynamic because there's three siblings and there's one kind of prim daughter who is like that perfect suburban. She holds everything together. She's taking care of the parents. She has a lot of resentment built in because she's the one that stayed in Baltimore and is like really taking care of the family and has her own family and kids to take care of. Meanwhile, Holly and Robert, I'm just using the actors' names now, but like they, they're they kind of off you know, in LA or Chicago and living their own sort of like more independent, less encumbered lives. And so they have this like kind of, solid front is like these artsy two siblings against that other sister. Something I really enjoyed about this movie is it doesn't really present the characters in a judgmental way. It really kind of puts it all out there and you as the audience can decide. It's almost like you're at the dining room table with them and you can kind of pick who you feel like 
that you kind of would agree with more or like would want to huddle with in the kitchen afterwards and be like, can you believe that happened? And to be quite honest, I think I would be with the sort of stuck up sister on this one because the stuff that these two wackos put her through is really unacceptable. But I like and I respect that the movie puts it out there and it doesn't say that we should be really hating on that character. I think it actually presents her quite sympathetically. And it's such an interesting dynamic. It just lays out family and all of its complexity. And it doesn't really put its finger on the scale in terms of telling the audience what you're supposed to think about any of that. I really appreciated that. Yeah. And I think that dynamic of two siblings being pitted against each other is very common in sets of three kids, you know, and it sometimes it changes, it goes back and forth. That's a really hard number of kids to be in sometimes because if it's four, maybe you can, you know, you you have, you can tell Jillian is aware of this uh, dynamic, (laughs) but I think that, yeah, I, I, I agree. And Robert's character was just so needlessly annoying and rude. And maybe just the men in this movie, like the the father would just pick up the wife and start dancing with her. And I think you're supposed to see that as a sweet and who oh, he's such a, like a fun guy with a big heart. But this woman woke up at 5 AM cleaned and cooked and whatever you're sitting there at your organ, you're sitting there watching TV and then you just pick her up. If anyone ever did that to me or just try to dance with me after or, or- a long day, no helping me. And see, try to be silly and fancy free. They wouldn't have got a good side of Jillian. Let's just <laughs> Yeah, no, 100%. I mean, there's even the scene where like something really bad happens. There's like a food incident at Thanksgiving dinner with the sort of stuck up daughter. We're meant, you know, she's kind of presented that kind of a preppy daughter who is played by Cynthia Stevenson. She gets like food all over her. And then the father gets a little bit on his tie and it doesn't even notice that his daughter is like covered in giblets. <laughs> right. That all the men in that movie yeah. suck the air out of the room. But an interesting little thing I read about Robert is that he was thinking about leaving acting because he was disillusioned with it. And so he really got to be free and play in this movie. And so then it brought him back into to acting. So Well, another thing I read about, it's interesting that is the case because according to trivia that I read, this was an, a movie that he was using heroin quite a lot during the filming. And I feel you can kind of see the manic energy in right. the performance that comes through. Jodie Foster had written him a letter afterwards, you know, thanking him for his performance and advising him to never do that again for the sake of everyone else and also his own career. The one thing that I found pretty cozy about it, and maybe I'm just a sucker for montages and flashbacks, but always makes me cry and makes me feel really, really, really warmed up. But I think this probably had to be purposeful. The film is so past face, frenetic stressful, even grotesque. And I wonder if Jody has a fetish for the grotesque from people eating and farting and talking about boogers. We're really selling this as a cozy movie, <laughs> by the way. But no, but it is. It really is. I love I love the 90s vibe and I, Holly is just amazing and so many cozy things. But for me, when it slowed down and it started to get back to really those, the history of the family and everything mm-hmm. they took to get there. And I'm not sure if I'm interpreting the end correctly, but maybe that I don't want to give away the ending montage, but that we're all our whatever independent lives we have and the happiness we found there, we all come from the same beginning and the same core heart of that. And it's okay to have those separate lives. It's okay to be your own person and find your own happiness in your own family. And I think it's very poignant how at the end, Holly was, you know, got off the plane and she looked so like, oh God, I'm here again. But at the end, she felt so wistful and really sentimental and she doesn't look back at her parents but you could tell it's like a a sadness and I think for me it's pretty similar like every time I go I'm kind of you know I'm I'm anticipating there's going to be some element of stress 
but then I'm as I'm on the plane, I feel a little mushy. And I'm like, oh, I'm I miss I miss that, even though it's it is that chaotic, you know, it's messy and whatnot. Beautifully said, Julian. That was the perfect dessert to our conversation about home for the holidays. Let's finish it off. I think there's one item left on the menu. Yeah, one last bite. So this movie was new to me, and I think new to you as well, Jillian, when we were doing our research around some Thanksgiving movies, and we just had to check it out. And it's called An Old Fashioned Thanksgiving. And we're going ahead another decade. This was released in 2008. It's based on a short story by Louisa May Alcott, which I believe is also called An Old Fashioned Thanksgiving. Yes, if I got that correct. They <laughs> think it is. Louisa May Alcott heads, feel free to, you know, let us know if we got that wrong. And I believe this is a Hallmark adaptation. And so this tale follows the Bassett family's eldest daughter, Tilly, a spunky, curious, and aspiring writer determined to change her family's fortune after the death of her beloved father. I think little women, right? We are in the 1800s, I believe. Yeah, or strong carriage. It's winter, it's snowy. We're in New Hampshire. So that just to set the scene for what to expect. This is a period movie. You know, it adds weight to things like Tilly, who is spunky and curious. You know, really her pushing against some of the norms of society at that time and her interest in being an aspiring writer. Very similar to, I believe the character's name is Joe in Little Women. So again, she's determined to change her family's fortune after the death of her beloved father. And although Tilly's mother, Mary, who is the town healer, does her best to provide for Tilly and her two siblings, Prudence and Solomon, and tend to their New Hampshire farm, it simply isn't enough. In the days leading up to Thanksgiving, Tilly writes a letter to Mary's estranged mother, her grandmother, Isabella, who is extremely well off. You know, things are not great. She's like, let me write to my grandmother who is wealthy so she can get us some nice Thanksgiving stuff. Okay, we want some great food. And it works. She comes into town and she comes in her beautiful carriage, which does break down, letting her stay there for a little longer than she might have expected, given the chilly reception yeah. of, of Tilly's mother. She's like not happy about this appearance because there's a lot of drama about her mother's disapproval of her marriage and you know where she ended up in life. And really, Tilly's mother, Mary, really rejected you know, society in general for more of a honest, salt of the earth kind of existence. And her mother does not understand that choice at all. And honestly, her kids at this point are like, let's get grandma back in town because we need some nice stuff. Right. <laughs> the reintroduction of grandma really leads to a lot of different secrets being revealed, family history uncovered. They get to work through their issues. And we wonder if by Thanksgiving, they can really heal some decades of heartbreak. And maybe they can pull off that perfect Thanksgiving dinner they were longing for. Jillian, what did you think about an old-fashioned Thanksgiving? I thought the setting was extremely cozy. The home that the Bassett family live in, it's supposed to be portrayed as being less than, especially since they're, they're landlords and their neighbors live in this grand home. But I thought I'd rather be in that home that they were living in because it's so cozy and their, especially their kitchen area, and that's where they hang out a lot. And they were all working together to sew this quilt that had Thanksgiving food on it because they couldn't afford an actual meal. And I thought that was really sweet how they're all sitting together. So the family moments were really sweet. And just to see Tilly dashing through the snow was always, you know, super cozy and, and great to see. My only frustration with the movie was I just wanted Mary to take that money. Stop being a martyr. Take the money. Honestly. <laughs> 
And I think her land, not to side with the landlord. I'm like, I'm like wow. <laughs> this is Jillian's villain origin story. Oh, yeah, my, my villain era. Landlady Walter is coming through. <laughs> but he said, he's like, because he lost three children with scarlet fever. And he said, you know, we can never predict where life will go. So when fortune shows up at your doorstep, don't turn it away. And I thought that was well sent. So Yeah, I agree. The set design and costumes are incredible. I mean, this is not like, you know, when we said Hallmark, it's not like a Hallmark original movie that feels like, you know, they really did try to just pull it together on minimal resources. They spent some money on the sets and on the costumes. Like it feels substantial. You feel like you're really there in that time. And also it is shot in the winter for real. There's real snow and it makes a huge difference. It, you really get that sense of place. I'm actually reflecting on these Thanksgiving movies. I feel like they have a much more realistic feeling of what winter in November feels like. <laughs> and so many Christmas movies do. <laughs> it's well, like... I was even going to say just more realistic in general, or it's interesting, you know, going flipping back to the last two movies is that I think we were seeing a time period where November was still November. Yeah. Or it wasn't already Christmas because in those movies, I didn't see any Christmas decorations. Right. From my recollection. That's just an aside I thought was really interesting. Yeah, Let no, November you, be November. You really get this wonderful sweet spot, this cozy feeling of like, you know, winter is coming in, but there's still that last bit of autumn. I, I just really love that time period. And I think all these movies capture that beautifully. And I love the performances in this movie. Oh, good. My One favorite actor I like, sorry. Yes. My favorite performance in An Old Fashioned Thanksgiving is by Jacqueline Bissett as Isabella, who is the grandmother. And she is just fabulous. She comes through, takes charge. And my, one of my favorite things, I know that people will, you know, they can criticize this and find it silly. And I do kind of laugh at it, but I also find it kind of amazing when somebody wakes up in full makeup. And that happens yeah. a lot in this movie, especially with Isabella. Jacqueline Bissett is like sleeping in her, like everything is gorgeously period. You really feel like you're like in 1860 or whatever. And her hair is even bedraggled a little bit. Like her hair is a bit of a mess, but the makeup, Fox. you better believe perfect. And just like, nobody's willing to like go fully makeup list. <laughs> yeah. Nor it's should too they. far. Stand yeah. out on the snow for hours on end. Instead. Exactly. <laughs> this is a this is a fantasy of an old fashioned Thanksgiving, and you really it just you. This is steeped in the holiday. I would say, to me, like of this list, like I really loved the comedy and hijinks in Planes, Trains, and Automobiles, and Home for the Holidays. But Charlie Brown Thanksgiving and an old fashioned Thanksgiving. There's a reason Thanksgiving is in the title. Like these are Thanksgiving pieces and yeah. they really give you the full holiday treatment, the full banquet, if you will. You're going to get every bite of that holiday vibe. So if you really want something, I think this one is really safe for the family. Oh, yeah. Um, very cozy. It has that kind of like you kind of want, almost want to fall asleep to it. It's so comforting. It's just like a warm blanket. I love, love, love this movie. And I am I think I might start watching this every year. Yeah. And. I think the true test for me is if I don't want to look at my phone and I didn't mm -hmm. look at my phone throughout this entire movie. I, I watched it on a Friday night and it was just after a long work week, it was nice to settle into like, you know, like you said, which is super comforting fall asleep to, but that's a positive. <laughs> and then yeah. the, fi the final scene was just so cozy and sweet. And I think especially when you're working hard for a meal and then you see them shopping or can I get this? Can I get that? It just feels like so I don't know, it feels like felt like such a glowing, sweet, cozy reward at the end to see them all, you know, enjoying themselves. So 
I I'm glad that you recommended this. I, I mean, all of the movies. I had a a lovely time, a lovely feast. We hope that you will sample the flavors of these films and let us know what you think. You can sound off in comments on Instagram or at All Things Cozy Podcast, or you can check out our Facebook group. We're also at All Things Cozy Podcast there, and you can share other Thanksgiving movies that you like to watch around the holiday that make you do a little turkey trot. All right, let's clink our glasses and gobble on over to some soothing sounds. So the sound that is accompanying me on my Thanksgiving meal prep and dinner is a cover. It is a cover of Willie Nelson's We Don't Run. And it is performed by Ethan and Maya Hawke, who, you know, the actor Ethan Hawke and his daughter, who's also an actress, was in Stranger Things. And so it is a daddy-daughter duet. And it's from a Light in the Attic and Friends special album, which is so Light in the Attic Records is a Seattle-based record company. Every so often, I guess, have contemporary acts pay tribute to their artists and songs. And so this is an, a double album that will be out for Record Store Day's Black Friday on November 24th. And it's just a really cozy song and a duet. The, the, the fact that it's sung between a, a father and daughter makes it all the cozier um, and the content's also cozy. So don't just listen to me talk about how it's cozy. Let's take a listen to it. Yeah. We Don't Run, performed by Ethan and Maya Hawk. We don't run. We don't compromise. We don't quit. <laughs> we sometimes <laughs> do. We look for It's a sweet little ditty. It's very lovely. The lyrics are very sentimental. And Ethan and Maya have a lot of fun. They're giggling to each other as they're singing. It's, That's you know, really it's, it's sweet. a, yeah, it's very sweet. Yeah. I didn't know Ethan could sing. And I, I also like the video, uh, little visual. It's a moving art piece. Yeah. It's trippy. Yeah. I like Perfect. it. I, w- Willie Nelson would approve of that graphic <laughs> for sure. I personally do like when even if they're it's nepo related where people come together <laughs> and I, I think that i I personally like it you know i I plugged pink and her daughter i know actually i really did like because there's another cover on this there's only two tracks released so far we're recording in october and the other song i really loved it but it's all about like it's really dark in terms of the content i was like this isn't mm. quite a cozy song but so i'm gonna have to go with the nepo track i liked it yeah. so yeah maybe they have a future as a duo they have sweet voices and i think it's just a nice little a nice, nice little track ditty. my pick helena deland if i'm pronouncing it wrong i apologize her song bright green vibrant gray was released august 30th from her album goodbye summerland and in it she explores the booing effect of love and existential thoughts that are just laid out like poetry it's really beautiful um, but i can't see it better than pitchfork sophie kemp who wrote of the song the instrumentation mirrors this lyrical pastoralism, the way the drums turn it all into a sleepy sort of waltz, the way the guitars turn like the tides. It is an exquisite small song. And the accompanying music video is filmed on the St. Lawrence River, and it's just super cozy. It's winter. There's that winter light, which is just, I just find really comforting. So let's take a listen to Helena Delenn's Bright Green Vibrant Gray. Windows down, you sing along 
very evocative song. The lyrics and the music video is gorgeous. I highly recommend listeners check out this music video. The link will be in our show notes. It is so, so cozy. Yeah, I wish I was there in her little cabin. I should make it clear that she wasn't just in the in the river in winter. There's a cabin alongside the river, and then she's painting, and it's just a lovely scene. Yeah, it's giving Bob Ross vibes. Yeah, but we were just talking about how it's harder and harder to find cozy music, but I think we did a good job here. Yeah, no, Jillian, I love your pick. Like your you know, pick. thank you. And again, you know, we're always on the lookout for cozy tunes, so you know, drop those into our our social media. Let us know what you're finding that's cozy and maybe we'll pick it for our next cozy song yeah before we go we do have a candle review for you maybe you might put this out at your table for thanksgiving jillian what are we burning today for full disclosure i wanted to get this candle that was called a thanksgiving feast sounded really interesting but it was sold out really quickly so i got something that i think is a good replacement it's called warm buttered bread it's from village candle and the description reads Few things are as tempting as warm buttered bread, so we set out to capture the aroma that we all know, love, and crave. The result is this bakery fresh scent that rises with true-to-life notes of warm, flaky, goldeny butter bread. And the notes, the top note is warm, fresh bread. The mid note is wheat, and the base is butter. And butter. Butter. <laughs> My long island's coming up. Butter. I think it really does a great job of smelling just like fresh bread. It's a huge candle. I'm looking at it now. It's massive. Has a really delectable front image of, of bread. When Jay, Jay came out of the bedroom this morning, she said, did you make peanut butter and jelly? Because <laughs> I guess it has, I don't know, that scent of just, yeah, that bready scent. I don't know if it's, I can make peanut butter and jelly, but it definitely has a wonderful throw and it and it, you get a good bang for your buck the whole room fills up as warm bread so if you want to trick your friends into thinking that you baked you know fresh be bread horribly disappointed <laughs> to learn that you like, have not not an empty <laughs> trick maybe you pick up the bread from the bakery and say you made it if you can't afford a thanksgiving meal this year just burn this candle and pretend to make a quilt like they did in an old-fashioned thanksgiving well, it's making me really hungry, so it does its job. <laughs> that sounds delicious. I mean, I would, I would have a hard time not eating the candle. Yeah, and it's a golden hue, the color. Yeah, it's, it's perfect color. Yeah, I would rec- recommend it. One wick up for me. A wick up? We haven't. I don't think we've had like a full, like unequivocated wick up in a long time. Yeah, I want to give this one a wick because it's rare that you have a candle that smells like it says it will. And it's Village Candle, isn't that like a Walmart brand? You know what? I don't know. <laughs> I can't. I can't so... say. I do my research, but it goes to the calls we've had for more um, accessible candles, mm-hmm. or just reviewing candles from bigger stores. Candles <laughs> for the people. Candles for the people. This is this is one of them. Yeah. So it's a candle for the people. You can go right on their Village Candle website. But they also sell on another, you know, major real ret- retailers. So wick up for me. Well, thanks for breaking down the bread for us. Sounds like a great candle. It is. Now it is time for us to leave and have our meal. Before we go, we do want to shout out all of our patrons. We're in eternal gratitude to you for supporting our show by subscribing at the tea light votive or pillar level. Again, if you're interested in joining our Cozy Book Club, you can join our Patreon and get access to those exclusive episodes. We'd be very grateful if you did. We're also just in general very thankful for your time and your listenership. 
We hope that you and your family have a wonderful Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving. Wishing you a cozy meal, maybe a double baked potato or twice based. Yeah, yeah. Leave leave a twice baked potato out for Jillian. You never know. She might stop by. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, (laughs) my kryptonite. What's your kryptonite? Oh, like honestly, probably any kind of bread, but definitely also during the season, I could polish off a whole pumpkin pie by myself Mm. easily. Leave a pumpkin pie out for you. Yes, please. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Have a wonderful holiday. And we will be back in your ears in a couple more weeks with a brand new episode. Until next time, stay stay cozy. cozy.